What's going on? What's going on? We are What's the Marcelin Brothers, on? and this is Today the Marcelin Brothers Podcast. April 21st, MVP for short. 2020. We are here to share our watching, story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. Can you believe it? No, man. April flowers. <laughs> I already messed it up. April showers bring May flowers. There was a, a slight little thunderstorm today up in PA, which I actually enjoyed it. It was short, to the point, sweet, but it's nothing in comparison to South Florida rains. I will tell you that. And what's funny is a quote-unquote heavy rain up here in the Northeast, what we consider heavy nowadays, you would laugh. <laughs> you would laugh for South Floridian standards. Let me tell you. But April showers bring May flowers, and um, you know May's coming right around the corner. Man, gosh, it must have felt like you were reminiscing a little bit when you were able to listen to the rainfall and what you were just hanging out at the house, straight up chilling. Coronavirus, trying to get away from it, doing the whole social distancing thing. Yeah, I am doing the social distancing, but, uh, you know, I do go to the hospital here and there. Uh, for example, today I had to do two cases, um, of which both of them had to do with something called osteomyelitis, which is a bone infection. Uh, two different people had bone infection. One was in the heel, another one was in one of the toes. And um, as from a podiatric point of view, um, one of the treatments is to just resect that portion of bone that's infected. So I had to do that for uh, two cases, two surgical cases earlier in the day. But I did have the uh, afternoon or late afternoon off. And so that's when it was thunderstorming. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty cool. So when you're resecting that bone, do you go back and you fill it in with anything? Or is it just gone? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. It all depends on... How much bone do you resect? Where is it located? And what options do you have? So if you have avoided space, um, you typically want to try to fill that avoided space, whether it's some sort of um, space filler like uh, a bone graft or what have you. But in this particular case, we didn't have to put a bone graft in. We just filled that extra space with um, like a type of uh, surgical dressing that you put into the voided area and then over time you remove it it's not something that stays in there permanently so that's what we ended up doing well that is why you are the podiatrist man you're able to go in I mean it's amazing like a lot of people don't realize that podiatrists are able to do the type of things that you do such as surgeries I think a lot of times you hear about podiatrists you just think of people who are getting treated for diabetes but that field is so much greater than most people feel yeah yeah and the thing is um, diabetes is on the rise and with poorly controlled diabetics um, one of the issues that tends to happen is um, osteomyelitis which is bone infection because uh, the lower extremities don't get as much blood flow. You lose feeling as well. Um, simple, simple abrasions could lead to um, infections. 
And as a diabetic, your body is not able to fight off infections as well. And if you don't have the natural triggers of saying, okay, um, it hurts when I step on the ground, something need, something is wrong, I need to pay more attention to that. Uh, if you don't have those triggers because you don't feel it anymore, then a lot of times people continue moving forward when they should be slowing down and they should be attending to it. And it's just because they can't really feel it. So long story short, um, the infection gets worse. It, eventually gets to the bone and then once infection gets to the bone you could try to treat it with IV antibiotics but if that doesn't work then the treatment is to resect that infected portion and that's what I had to end up doing today so it was considered a non-elective um, emergency type of case so it's something that we had to do huh? Well, it's good you're able to stay sharp and get out of the house and be able to take care of people. And that's what it's all about, especially nowadays with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, everything that's going on with people doing the social distancing. So it's good that you're able to do that, man. I mean, for me, same old, same old stuff in the hospital, starting to do some longer shifts, trying to do like an A team, B team type deal so that not everybody gets worn out too much. So the days are longer, but... You know, we've got to do what we got to do to make sure we take care of our patients. I'm very blessed and fortunate to have an income right now. I'm very blessed and fortunate to have a job. So I've got to make sure that I make the most of it. And we've got to make sure that we take care of of just our city, take care of our community so that we can get back to some sort of case of normalcy. So days are a little longer than normal, but hey, you know, we all got to do what we need to do to make sure that we're taking care of our peeps. So that's what we're doing, man. So, um, man, but my MVP crew, it's been a little while since we last talked. I know the last time we spoke, we spoke a little bit about the stimulus check. And I was going to, we were going to finish up the discussion, but I figured if we finished up that discussion, that article is already outdated. So we figured we've been talking a lot about coronavirus for the last couple of months. And let's just get back to something else. Let's talk about some different current events. Let's talk about some different topics just to spicing it up a little bit because you know we need to make sure that we're knowing exactly what's going on with current events and as far as what we do with mvp crew we like to think that we do bring you guys some of the current events so we got two articles that we're going to talk about today one is sports related and the other one is lifestyle related so i'm gonna let my man marvin go first to read his article and we'll discuss so go on ahead marvin yeah so i'm gonna do that lifestyle related article this is from um vogue and this is by Christine Christian Allaire. New Yorkers can now officially get married via Zoom. As the coronavirus pandemic makes in-person group gatherings impossible, weddings across the globe have been canceled and postponed. Some couples, however, are sticking to their original dates with virtual ceremonies that guests are invited to attend via video conference. Many of the, these weddings have been symbolic, with marriage licenses obtained pre-coronavirus, but now in New York, it's gotten easier to do the deed officially online. This weekend, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that couples in the state who wish to partake in a virtual wedding will now have the legal capability to do so. I am issuing an executive order allowing New Yorkers to obtain a marriage license remotely and allowing clerks to perform ceremonies via video conference, he tweeted. This is a way of marriage that may well continue after the stay-at-home orders are lifted, when large gatherings are still cautioned against. 
but how best to go about it. Medical students Lena Turkheimer is one bride who postponed her party until 2021, but still chose to have a Zoom wedding on her original date. She and Mark Owen held their virtual ceremony in the backyard of Turkheimer's parents' house in Charlottesville, Virginia. 75 attendees, including their efficient select family members in the wedding party, dialed in via Zoom to witness the couple saying their vows and attend a reception at which family members gave toasts. For tech advice, first, confirm your setup works. We have a problem with the audio in the beginning because we were trying to route our sound through a Bluetooth speaker. When we turned off the speaker mid-ceremony, it was much easier for our virtual guests to hear what we were saying. I think the Bluetooth speakers had a low-quality microphone that had trouble picking us up. Second, remember practice makes perfect. Definitely do a practice run with the sound before the show starts. It was really helpful to make one of our tech-savvy guests a co-host so they could mute everyone's lines and make sure things get kept running smoothly. As one of the first waves of brides to trial this new way of saying I do, Turkheimer confirms it's just as meaningful. We kept joking that after having spent so much time, effort, and money on a traditional wedding, this felt just as special as how I imagine a traditional wedding would have felt, she says. It allowed us to focus on what really matters. So I think this article is very interesting because you know that saying, when life throws you lemons, what do you do? You make lemonade. In this case, again, we are right in the middle of it when it comes to COVID-19, aka the coronavirus. And now this couple did not let that slow them down. They decided, you know what, if we can't have a wedding in the traditional sense, we can move forward and just do it digitally. And so utilize Zoom, which I thought was very novel. Um, it took a lot of courage on their part. And that's not to say that they're not going to have the ceremony. They're just postponing it. They wanted to get married. So kudos to them um, thinking outside the box and they made things happen. So ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, these are things that people are going to uh, in order to try to get a life that is as normalized as possible. But I, like I said before, I commend them for what they were able to do. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. And from, I guess, my vantage point, too, when you're looking at this, this is a new way of life nowadays with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus, with everything that's been going on with social distancing. What you're starting to realize is that people are doing different things when it comes to using technology to better function as a whole. And, you know, for instance, with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus, with everything that's been going on with everybody having to find work, people are now working from home now. You have non-essential workers who don't physically need to be at an office. They are able to continue doing whatever they need to do at home. And, you know, I actually just saw a commercial with J.P. Morgan Chase where they are saying that they're continuing to work continuing to help out their customers and they're actually doing whether it's zoom whether it's whatever type of chat webex teams but 
they are doing virtual work. And if you think about that, you know, if you can do virtual work, you see people doing marriages online. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do now with technology. So I thought this article was very interesting because it may seem outside of the box first when you're thinking about, hey, can I actually get married and it be over Zoom? And at first you think, man, why would I want to do that? And then you realize, well, why don't I do that? So I just thought that this article was very interesting. This couple definitely was able to think outside the box. For those of you who may not be able to see our article, we're going to post this in our notes. But in this article, you see a bride and groom. It's kind of cute. They're, they have their masks on. And they're kissing each other through the masks as they're leaving their actual wedding. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But, you know, I give props to Governor Andrew Cuomo because, again, life still goes on and because of Andrew Como and his executive order allowing for New Yorkers to actually get their marriage license remotely then you know individuals that have been waiting for so long for a certain wedding can now do so and continue their lives and I mean if you think about it too yes I mean in-person weddings I that's how things have always been but if you think about it from a practicality perspective you know, people who may not be able to afford going to the wedding because they don't have the means, but they still want to be a part of that special day. This is a way for more people to be able to enjoy someone's special day. So what other, I'm trying to think, what other cool things could we do remotely that we never really thought of doing in the past? I mean, technically, when you're looking at uh, watching sporting events, you know, the majority of the people who watch sporting events aren't actually in the stadium or the arena. It's actually being broadcasted. So you've got all these different sporting events that are done. You've got work that's being done this way now. FaceTime is second nature to people. We're so used to doing that. So why can't more things be done like that? Yeah, yeah. And as I don't know if we actually mentioned this before, but, you know, college universities, they're all remote now like that's just the way it is and uh, for the remainder of the spring semester you know students are finishing up their courses online and i'm assuming commencement's going to probably be the same way they might have some sort of digital commencement where people tune in and then you have the commencement speaker and everyone just tunes in live via some sort of online platform like zoom skype what have you and I'm actually going to go as far as to predict, I think, when all this is all done, I think this is going to force companies to change the way they do things. And I think that um, being able to work from home is going to be something that companies are going to actually like and agree with. Uh, so if you can be thoughtful and you can find figure a way to be productive at home while still promoting your business i think businesses will like that because if you think about it um some businesses uh have stopped allowing people to go to work yet they're true they're still trying to operate so you're paying this huge mortgage on a building that you're probably not really going to yet some places are still in full operation so that i i think money talks so if they could figure out a way to continue to provide 
without having to pay a major mortgage. That might be something that businesses are interested in. And then I'm going to go as far as to say, I think for sporting events in the future, um, they're going to start to figure out ways to check people's health prior to going into those buildings. So right now, when you go into sporting events, you have metal detectors for, you know, to make sure people don't bring in items that just are not allowed, right? Handguns, knives, etc. I think they may start trying to do stuff where they're going to take your temperature while coming in, and that could be one entry to barrier to entry to prevent individuals who are exhibiting signs of sickness from actually going to the sporting events. I don't know. I'm thinking outside the box. Maybe that's something that would be happening in the future. No, I think that one of the things that big corporations are looking at now, especially when it comes to trying to open up America again and trying to have people go to work again, you've got presidents, CEOs, corporations who are very nervous about letting team members come back to work. And then all of a sudden people getting sick and then now you have your entire workforce who's not able to go to work anymore because everybody's gotten each other sick. So I don't think you're really that far off to tell you the truth. And I think that you're going to start seeing a lot of innovation that's going on. I think a lot of your tech companies may start having things like this if they're having to go work into the actual building. Like I'm sure your companies like Facebook, I'm sure like your Amazon, I'm sure like your Googles, all those big blue chip companies who have a large market share, they are going to find ways to implement checks. And I know currently at the hospitals now, before we let team members come inside the hospital, we do a temperature screening, we have screening questions. So I think what you're going to end up finding is first you may have people doing that and then someone's going to be able to figure out how to do stuff like this using technology. And again, with the way that we're doing medicine now at the hospital, you know, we have telemedicine that's going on after hours, especially with everything that's going on with the coronavirus. We don't have intensivists 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But now with this telemedicine, you're able to have intensivists who are not in the four walls of the hospital being able to take care of patients. So if you're able to take care of patients, if you're, again, sporting events that we've talked about, gosh, when I, I did my taxes, finished doing my taxes, and we had like a, a you know email and telephone conversation just to make sure that everything made sense. So this is definitely the wave of the future, and I think the more creative people end up being, the the better things are going to be for everybody, and it gives more people options. So I think that's that was a pretty cool article. So thank you for reading that. Yeah, man, and I'm going to make a prediction. I think Apple is going to come out with some sort of device, maybe an attachment to the watch or whatever that can check your temperature as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I've already seen, like, Apple, there's already apps of um, EKGs that can be done with just the accessory piece that you add to the actual Apple phone, and you're able to see the rhythm strips from that. So, oh, yeah, it's definitely coming. And once they do that, then companies are going to feel a lot more comfortable sending team team members to work and it's a matter of when so i definitely agree with you there all right uh how about you take us to the next article all right man so we're gonna change focus we haven't had a sports article in a while so 
there's been a lot of stuff or there's a lot of stuff that's not going on and there's a lot of stuff that's going on in sports as you guys have as you heard here first or one of the first places that you probably heard this from you know the olympics they are not going on and i just remember all and we talked about this during one of our previous podcasts how the memories that you get from watching the olympics and there's something on that you can watch on tv for pretty much you know close to two three weeks of just all these athletes doing big things and you know because of that you know that's one of just one of the sports that aren't going on and then you've got a lot of your you know major national american sports that aren't going on no more basketball as of now you baseball season may be ending up pushing back you who knows what's going to be going on with college football so a lot of the sports that we're used to watching now we're not able to watch and also in addition to that a lot of tv shows that you're probably used to watching you're not able to watch anymore because they haven't been able to film but back to the sports story you know something that's good for floridians so you may have heard that the tom brady the you know six-time super bowl champion has decided to leave and go to tampa so that was something that happened probably about a week ago and now in addition to that you may have a dynamic duo being teamed up again so the story that i'm going to read is rob gronkowski gets to return to the nfl on his own terms so this is literally straight off the presses four hours ago and this story was written by ben volan it took rob Gronkowski, 10 years, but he finally had the upper hand on the Patriots, and he took full advantage of it. Gronkowski forced a trade to the Buccaneers Tuesday, coming out of retirement to join forces with Tom Brady once more. The Patriots had zero leverage in this deal and got a measly fourth-round pick out of it. For Gronk, it had to feel satisfying to finally pull one over the Patriots. It was always a complicated relationship among Gronk, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots management ever since he signed an eight-year, $56 million contract in 2012. It sounded like a massive deal at the time, and it wasn't a bad decision for Gronk. He entered the NFL as a major injury risk, and he didn't know how long his back would hold up. But when Gronk blossomed into a perennial all-pro and stayed relatively healthy, it became one of the best value contracts in the NFL. While Gronk never held out or made a pink stick about his contract, it was clear over the latter half of his career that he felt underpaid and unappreciated by the Patriots. Gronkowski won three Super Bowls with the Patriots and will forever be associated with the organization, but his time in Foxborough did not end on a positive note. He didn't like the sometimes joyless environment at Gillette Stadium or that the Patriots made him grovel for nominal pay raises. Before the 2018 season, he squashed the trade to Detroit by threatening to retire. Gronk finally did retire last year, walking away from one more year on his contract worth $10 million, a sign that he just didn't want to be a Patriot anymore. His retirement caused some sore feelings on the Patriots' side as it became two weeks into free agency and hamstrung the team's plans at tight end. Flash forward to this offseason while with Tom Brady joining the Bucks, That gave Gronk the perfect opportunity to finally get to play with Brady in a fun, pressure-free environment and to get what he wants out of the Patriots. Gronk reportedly told the Patriots this week that he wanted to unretire and play again, only for the Bucks. The Patriots had no choice but to grant him his wish. Even though Gronk was retired, the Patriots still controlled his rights and the remaining one-year $10 million on his contract. The Patriots obviously have moved on and don't have a need for an expensive aging tight end, so trading him wasn't a tough decision. In a perfect world for them, the Patriots would bring Gronk back into their active list, sit on his rights, and would at least 
wait on the best deal, but they don't have the cap to do it. They are dead last in the NFL with just $1.07 million in cap space, meaning that they would have to make several moves just to fit Kronk back into the ledger. So they had no other choice but to trade Kronk contract before he came out of retirement. And they had no choice but to take whatever offer the Bucks could give him since Kronk said he would only play in Tampa. And it wasn't even a straight-up deal. The Patriots still had to include one of their seventh-rounders. Patriots probably are fine with the trade. Gronk wasn't going to come back to Foxborough, so they just picked up an extra fourth-round pick for nothing, basically. The fourth round is where they found Trey Flowers and Shaq Mason in the 2015 draft. It also gives them slightly more ammo to move up or down in the draft and hopefully recoup the second-round pick they traded for Mohamed Sanu last season. Currently, the Patriots hold picks of 23, 87, 98, 100, 125, and either 117 or 139 in the top four rounds. Not great, but not terrible. But the trade also shows how badly Gronk didn't want to be a Patriot anymore. He walked away from $10 million last year instead of playing for Belichick, but he is suddenly happy to play football again for a coach he doesn't even know. Now the Bucks will be much CTV in 2020, assuming that there is a season, with Brady again throwing passes to Gronk, plus uber-talented receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. It will rank with the 2007 Patriots as Brady's most talented receiving core, assuming Gronk still has some juice left. Gronk, meanwhile, finally gets everything that he wanted, a chance to play with Grady again, a chance to play in a relaxed, easygoing environment under Bruce Arians, and a place to play in his adopted home state of Florida, where the weather is warm and state income taxes are non-existent. And he finally got to use his leverage and pull one over on the Patriots. So, man, look at that, man. You go from, you know, just a year ago, Patriots, you know, being number one, number two seed, probably favored to winning the championship, to losing the first round, to then losing arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks that I've ever played the game, to then having one of the perennial all-pro tight ends, arguably probably one of the best tight ends who had ever played the game, you got two top players all of a sudden leave the Patriots and now play for the Tampa Bay Bucks. You got a team in Tampa Bay who literally was just always imploding. They had talent, but you know they weren't really going to have a, a great national presence. And the only presence that they would have would just be the neighborhood Tampa Bay plans to now becoming must-see TV. Isn't is that weird? Like the Patriots aren't the favorites, and you all of a sudden have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the team to watch. I mean, how does that make you feel, Marvin? <laughs> well, um, paradise is very nice. I don't know why that phrase just came into my head, but you know, the article alluded to Gronk coming back to his "quote unquote" home. So if Correct me if I'm wrong. He has all sorts of like party ships or business ventures down in Florida. And so now he's coming back to Florida and he's going to play out arguably until the end of his career. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're in a day and age where, you know what? Good for you, man. Good for you. You did get one over Patriots. Um, it seems like, you weren't one hunt. He wasn't as happy as he possibly could be, but he was winning. And so that's what kept him there. You know, if you have a winning team, you stick on with the team. But I think right now he's just finally deciding to go to a place that will make him happy. 
he's going to continue playing football. So kudos to him. My question, though, is do you remember what he used to look like? And then did you tune into the New Year's celebration with Steve Harvey? It was a show. It, it, it was a competitor to Ryan Seacrest, um, New York City, um, New Year's Eve celebration show. In any case, he was extremely skinny back then, like my type of skinny. <laughs> so he's probably going to have to put on like 30 pounds of muscle, you know, And if, if he's trying to go back to the NFL. Um, what, what are your thoughts about that? Is he NFL ready body-wise? I think it's one of those things where... I mean, the man is 31, so it's not like he's he's not super old. But again, he's not like 21 like he was when he first started playing in the league. And I think what tends to happen a lot of times, especially with football players, is, you know, you age, but you have so much in your mind. Just with any veteran in general, you're you're a lot smarter than you were, and you learn different types of tricks because you've been around and you see things. I think the fact that he and Tom Brady were a very good duo, that in itself means so much more than anything else. I think if it was maybe a different quarterback who didn't know him, yeah, then you know he'd have to figure things out. But the fact that he's playing with Tom Brady... I think that helps out a lot because Tom, again, is the man and Gronk is the man as well. And for Gronk, I mean, he is not your traditional tight end. He's not your big blocking tight end who is going to be on the line, who you just put in for run plays. That's it. I mean, this guy is a dynamic, deep threat. And I think for him, a lot of the reasons why he was such a a fierce competitor and he was a mismatch is because, you know, you have him out wide instead of on a line. So... That means you either have a linebacker or you have a safety who's going to be covering him. If you put a DB on him, he's much bigger than the DB. DBs are short, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, this guy is, what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, probably. So, I mean, that's going to be a matchup nightmare when it comes to that. You put a safety who maybe is a little bigger but may not be may not be as quick to be able to, to take care of him. Or, again, those safeties, if they're really, really big, Again, they're they're not going to be able to match up with him. You put a linebacker on them, you know, yeah, they may have the size and they may be able to, you know, bulk up and try to do something with them, but they're much, much slower and they're not going to be able to keep up with them. So that's where, you know, Rob Gronkowski has the matchup nightmares against his other team members. So even if he is a little slimmer, I mean, that isn't going to be the worst thing in the world because this guy is so much taller and he's still going to be stronger than your DBs who are going to cover him. And this guy is still going to be taller than the linebackers are going to be on him and the safeties won't be able to touch him. So if anything, maybe it'll help him a little bit more. Maybe he's going to become a little quicker if he doesn't have that weight on him. But again, once these veterans, they go back on the field again, muscle memory comes up, he'll either gain the quickness back He'll, he'll get stronger. And again, with everything that's been going on with the NFL and the coronavirus, who knows when the NFL season is actually going to start. So he might have a little bit more time to do what he needs to do. But this guy's a professional. He knows he's been an athlete all his life. He's played football all his life. I mean, he took one year off, but he'll be back. I mean, you, you, you see people all the time, you know, they may take off and then they come back and it's not like they're having to take years to get back to it. It may 
be like riding a bike, but I think he's that one year off for him probably gave him a lot of rest. The nagging injuries that he's had, he's finally able to recuperate from a lot of that stuff. And I think mentally he's not going to be miserable. So he might be even more, he might be even happier just because he's going to be with his best quarterback guys. So I'm not really worried about Gronk. I think, and also, too, when you're looking at just that receiving core that they're going to have there, I mean, they, it's, you got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin. So these two receivers on their own are, are big time. So then if we say that Rob Gronkowski is going to be the third option, I mean, that, that is, that is a really, really good receiving core right there. And if he's the third option and he's going to be playing against the, what, the third best person is going to be covering him forget it you either double team him and then now mike Ivan evans or godwin get open or you play mike evans and godwin one-on-one which means gronk is one-on-one with anybody and gronk is going to just dismantle whoever is playing against him so it's brady brady got what he wanted man chess brady's playing chess he wins He's got his receiving core. This receiving core is probably going to be very similar to when he had Randy Moss and, and the crew over there. So I know Brady's excited, and I know Gronk is excited, and they're going to be a team to watch, man. I'll tell you that. Is the era of sticking with one team for your whole career officially over? Man, that that you're not going to see those players that much longer anymore. I mean, you've got... I think the newer players nowadays, it's a lot more of looking out for you. And if you think about it, it makes sense. Like, you have these players who, you know, it's, you know how it is being an athlete. You know better than me. I mean, the the stuff that you do to your body and the injury risk, especially in football. I mean, especially in football, you've got to get your money when you can. And yes, it's a team sport. And yes, you you know being a being a champion is something that people can't take away from you but also the game of football what is the average length of of career for football players maybe a year or two or something like that and that's it so you got to get your money when you can especially when you're somebody big because once you tear an acl once you do an mcl issue once you tear an achilles you don't have that step like you used to and once that's there People forget about you. It's going to be like, bye. So when you have the leverage, you got to take it when you can. So I do think that, yes, it's nice to have those stories about one person who sticks it out and and you try to build a team around somebody or you try to be loyal. But nowadays it's a business and you've got GMs who won't dish out the money because they want to make their money on their own. You've got towns who have just had football fans who have been loyal and loyal and loyal but can't produce anything on the field because people don't want to put the money into there. So, you know, if you're lucky to be a Tom Brady and be on one team for so long, that's great. But look at him. He's arguably the best quarterback ever, and he decided to change teams because he wasn't happy. And, and again, he was the man. So if the man isn't happy with where he is, then what's going to stop other players from doing the same thing? Yeah, well, 
Brett Favre did it. Peyton Manning did it. <laughs> now Tom yeah. Brady's doing it, you know, which is switching teams towards the end of career because either you're not happy with the situation or the team's not happy with the situation. But they all seem to have made good progress even when they left their home team. Oh, yeah. You know, I so, mean, you know, Tom Brady may have a couple of good more years left in him. You never know. And that's another reason why I think he felt like he needed to leave because he felt like he wasn't getting the help that he needed. And as a older quarterback, I mean, for him, he's not going to carry the team like he used to before because he's just getting older and he knows that his time is is slowly running out. And I think, you know, when you end a season the way that you did last year with, I mean, they lost to the Dolphins and then after that they lost in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, he kind of saw what he was going to be coming back to, and he, he wasn't having any of that stuff. He he wanted to go and find a place that they had the players, and he was able to pick his shots, and now his offense is going to be a really good offense because you've got that receivers that are going to be so good. And then now, I mean, they can get any running back, and any running back who's going to play on that offense is going to be feasting because there's going to be so much pressure and so much attention that's being spent Spent on just the past threats that they have, that they're going to be playing dime, they're going to be playing nickel, they're going to be just spreading out the field. And whoever that running back is, I mean, he didn't. I mean, we can put you or me back there. We're going to be a thousand yard rusher for that team. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the 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 era of staying in one place is going to be going away. And like you said, team members have shown success doing it, and and you got to get what you can get, especially now, because you only got a few good years left. Yeah, so my next question is going to be, um, what is your take on whether or not the NFL season is going to play out as they planned it? So, you know, they just, the Players Union came together and they decided that they are willing to add an extra game to the season, right? Is that what went down? Um, I know in South Korea... They are playing baseball, and the way that they're doing it is they have their whole season, but as of right now, no fans are going to these games. Do you think the NFL, as well as um, you know, our baseball leagues here, do you think they're going to try to create something like that? So if we are still doing some sort of social distancing, perhaps sports can go on, but the way to do that is just to not have people in the stands. But like you mentioned before, the majority of people watch these sports are not at the games. You know, they're watching it from their televisions at home. Is this something that we can do? I think it's going to be sports dependent. I think when you've got basketball, maybe, I mean, you got, well, maybe 15 players, 14, 15 players on a team. You got a couple of coaches, you know, for, and for the most part, you know, the actual players that are playing, you're going to probably have a roster of a rotation of eight players. So, you know, that is probably going to be doable. You got tennis where it's pretty much two people. That's something that would be doable, I feel. You got golf. That would probably be doable as well. But once you start looking at other sports that have 11 plus players on the field or the court at the same time that's when you start realizing okay that that's a lot more people and then you got to think about with football 
you're those you got what 53 man roster i think on each side and they may be extending that too i think from that cba the collective bargaining agreement that you were talking about so when you start getting it that's that's at least you know 60 70 people on each side so once you get to those numbers it becomes it becomes difficult because there's a lot more people and and in order to have that many people in an area that's where you know everybody's been talking about what are we going to do when we open America up? People talk about, hey, we should have tests that are there for people so that you can make sure that everybody's being tested and everybody is negative before you play. But that's something that we're trying to figure out now in America, and we're not at that point yet. So I think the answers to those questions are going to be based off of what type of diagnosis tools will be in effect for people to to make people feel comfortable because there's one having the tools and then two are people going to be comfortable to play and i think the perfect example of that is you know one day they're going to say hey we're opening up shop you know how comfortable are you going to be to go to a restaurant how comfortable are you going to be with going to a movie theater so it's all the same type of stuff and especially with athletes, it's very difficult to wear masks while you're spending and exuding so much energy. So, and you got sweat. So it's, you're going to need something that makes the players feel safe before they're able to do it. Because if they don't, that's where the spread comes in. And that's why NBA stopped. And that's because once they found out team members had the virus, then they stopped. Because if you think about it, sports teams could be those catalysts of sports spreading the diseases because you've got visiting teams going one place to another place and then that team then goes somewhere else and then so forth and so on so with sports that's going to be one of the major vectors for this and that's why they have to stop it so i think again the answer is going to be do they have the test how reliable are those tests going to be to make people feel comfortable because you got a GM who's spending eighty, ninety thousand dollars or a million on a player and that player has the coronavirus and something happens to that player, that that GM is not going to be happy. And then of course you got a player who is going to be risking their livelihood already when it comes to playing the sport. You don't want to also worry about catching a communicable disease and get knocked out because of that too. Because, again, people have families, sports are their livelihoods. So I don't know how exciting, how excited the players are going to be until they believe that whatever is going to be out there is really going to be able to take care of them. All right, man, all right. So how about we wrap this thing up? Marvin, why don't you give us some take home points for the article that you read yeah for me um once again i read that article about uh the couple getting married via zoom platform i know you guys are probably tired of hearing this but this is an unprecedented time which will call for unprecedented measures and sometimes thinking outside the box will allow us to get to normalcy you know or maybe we just need to start and create a new normal all in all, try to stay positive during this time. Um, we're all in it together. And as we take things one step at a time, 
we will be able to find some joy. So let's just keep our heads up and let's just keep on fighting, y'all. You know, sports for us, especially as Americans, is something that helps keep people's minds away. And unfortunately, with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus, you're really practicing social distancing. And because of that, sports can't be played. But even though sports can't be played, sports are always going to be on people's minds because of what it does to bring people together. People naturally have their favorite teams that they root for. And I think because of that, what you're starting to find is that the sport not playing is is the worst, but at least there's the drama that leads into the sports, which is almost a second season on its own. So when you're looking at things that have happened in the NFL, you've got the draft going to be, you know, starting pretty soon. You got free agency starting to pick up. So at least it's it's something else to start looking forward to. And hopefully with all these different transactions that are going on, it kind of gets us excited and ready so that the next time we do get to see sports, we're more than ready to do so. So there's my two cents there. All right, all right, all right. So if you guys enjoyed this, um, today's podcast, please, please, please leave messages. Um, you can find us on marcelinbrothers at gmail.com. And you can go ahead and sign up for more podcasts on any of the platforms that provide podcasts. Yeah, just Google Marcelin Brothers Podcast and you will definitely see us and you will definitely see some episodes, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's, again, on your favorite podcast medium. Definitely look for us because we enjoy what we're doing here. It's 11.19. I'm getting tired. I got to go to work tomorrow. So with that being said, Marvin, have a great rest of the week. Hopefully we'll get to catch up with each other at the end of the week. We may have a special guest being able to join us. And we'll see how things go. So there's a little teaser for you guys to look forward to. So MVP crew, he is he, I am me, and we are out. See you later. Deuces, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life. What are you doing? To a microphone. Are you talking to the microphone? Yeah. Are you making noise? Yeah. How old are you? Two. Two. Yeah, I two. Okay. <laughs> what else are you doing? I do a three. You're three? A ten. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Four. Yeah, four. And five. Okay. Six. Very good. You're going to play with... Play with Grandma? No, I play Eli, okay? Eli's sleeping. Are you going to take a nap? No. Okay. I want to go on a cruise. What do you want to do? I'm going to go on a cruise. When are you going on a cruise? I'm going to go on a cruise. Maybe another time. Okay. All right. All right. 
All right, I'm gonna press ready? stop. We're ready. Yeah. Okay. I press stop. Sync. Why are you picking your nose? See? You're picking your boogers. I got this. Okay. I think we've got enough video, right? Yeah. We got enough recording. Yeah. Are we gonna pay you royalties? Yeah. Okay. Anything else do you want to say? Yeah. What else do you want to say? My teeth. Your teeth? What color are your teeth? What's that? What's what? What's that? That's, I don't know. You tell me. What's that? Okay. All right, Philia.